This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Renala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. I am. Um, I hope you all had a, uh, a good time over Christmas. Um, everybody's uh, time was different, looking at different things. But um, you know, we want to just lift up our heads. Can you open that for me? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we want to lift up our heads and be aware that God has got some new things for us now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when Nick said we're coming into a new thing, I've been feeling this since Rosh Hashanah in, in September. The Holy Spirit's been speaking to me about a significant shift in season. It's not just, a, it's not, it's, it feels like season's not a good enough word to describe what I feel has happened. I feel like I don't even have the theology to put around it, but it's big. Something big's happening. Hallelujah. And it's, it's glorious, but it's also a season of incredible acceleration, glorious acceleration, and it's not a time to mess about. It's a time we don't want to miss out. We want to keep our eyes focused because when big acceleration comes, you've got to be paying attention, hallelujah, so that you can stay on track because at high speed, even a little deviation can quickly take you a long way off the path. But the Holy Spirit, He says, now unto Him who is able to keep us from falling. We're going to look to Him, the one who keeps us, the one who is, is so good. And... Uh, yeah, I was, I was blessed this Christmas. I got a new Bible. Christmas sent me a Bible. I, have, I had the opportunity to have some articles in here. I mean, my name's in the Bible now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Actually, no. But it is in this Bible. It is, um, and there's lots of different articles by, by different um, women, Heidi Baker and different ones. And, but I got this new little, it was a nice treat. I got just before Christmas and I love it. Every time I get a new Bible, it's just so exciting for me. You know, oh, it smells good and it, it looks new and I get to open it up and the, the words are in different places on the page and it looks new. You know what I'm talking about. Um, but I, I really feel that the Lord is looking for us as we come into this new year to really value the Word of God. No, I know that you, many of you really value God's Word, but I feel like this is going to become our anchor like never before. In this time of acceleration, the Bible tells us that He is a light to our feet, a uh, to our path, a lamp to our feet. It's His Word. Hallelujah. And so we need to be a people who are anchored in the Word of God. I quite like... Um, I've got, I got lots of Bibles. I love to read from lots of different translations. I prepare messages out of lots of different translations. I read all, all sorts of different translations because we read a translation of Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic when we read the Bible. And sometimes English words are just not uh, full enough to really explain it. I love the Passion Translation. I, love, I read all sorts of different translations. But I also really like to be able to have hard copy of a Bible because I find that if I'm trying to read at the end of the night or in the morning on my iPad, um, I get Facebook notifications. Bing! Bing! Pop up anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Yeah, <laughs> and um, I, I need to be aware that it, it, it distracts me. So I like, to have a, I like to have a hard copy of the Bible as well, just to be able to really focus and read it. And I want to encourage you, read it, read it, read it, read whole books of the Bible. Read the whole book of Matthew. Read the whole book of Timothy and First and Second Timothy and Titus and, and the Acts and all the delicious stuff. Read it, just read it. Read it and don't just read the bits you like. If your habit of, of reading the Bible is whatever scripture happens to pop up in the newsfeed on Facebook, let me encourage you. God has even more. He's got even more for you. If you're looking for your daily bread there, you might find some encouragement. But I tell you, if you actually deliberately start to steward what you've been given and start to study it and start to read it and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He will feed you and He will, he will guide you. Because, you know, many, um, quite a few years ago, uh, Pastor James, you'll remember this, we were, prophe- I, I prophesied and, and Pastor James also had a prophetic word. Years before the, um, uh, the floods came, I, I was prophesying, that there was going to be a move of the Holy Spirit come to Brisbane that would be like the Jesus People movement. You guys may remember. And uh, that, that, that when we saw the floods, like 1970, or wherever it was, 1973, four, when we saw those ones, the bad floods, again, we would see the beginning of a move of God. And I believe that has happened. Pastor James had a similar word. And then the floods came, and we have seen this. And as, as you look at what the Holy Spirit has been doing, it's been quite similar to what happened during the 70s, in that um, there's lots and lots of young adults and young people getting saved. The Holy Spirit's moving. Um, obviously, God's not just repeating what's happening there. He always goes to greater glory. Hallelujah. But there's many similarities of what was happening when the Holy Spirit was being poured out during that time. There were incredible revivalists saved uh, during that season. There was incredible revelation released and freedom and holiness and passion for the Word and awakening to the reality of Christ's return and the, and the truth of, 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 of the importance of living for Christ. It was the days of Keith Green and, uh, you know, all the uh, many, many of the great men and women of God, you know, were actually saved during that time. Um, I I was saved during the 80s because I was still a little child. Not that old. Hallelujah. But I believe also during that season, as there was incredible acceleration and amazing moves of the Spirit, there was also, as I shared a, a couple of weeks ago, there was also a lot of error that crept in. Because a lot of the new ones that got saved didn't get discipled properly. And they didn't have their anchor in the Word of God. So then we had moves like Scripture and song coming. So people would have Scripture uh, feeding into their hearts and they'd become anchored in the Scripture. Give me a wave if you remember Scripture and song. Are they all Scripture and song books? Hallelujah. It's good stuff because you could remember the Word. I have a musical memory, so I I quite like um, being able to sing Scripture. 
But I think in the same in the same way, I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting us to recognize that this that we that is upon us now, we require to hold fast to the anchor who is Jesus Christ. We are required to hold fast to the truth of who He is, so that we don't fall into the deception of beginning to adopt uh, cultural things that are not the culture of the kingdom. Very often, um, the world's uh, thinking is, is so pervasive. We, we see it, we read it, we're bombarded with it more than ever before. With all the social media and all that goes on, we're, f- we're fed uh, what, what the world thinks. But the Lord is looking for us to have our minds renewed by the washing of the Word. Hallelujah. So that we'd have our hearts and our thinking lined up with what He actually says. Amen? And that's why we need to know it. That's why we love to get our our people to memorize the Word of God. I mean, I think Roland memorized pretty much the whole book of Ephesians. And and, uh, this is is not something to get a notch on your belt, but it's because as you begin to know it, when you hear something that sounds right but is a little bit off, if you know the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance and you'll go, hang on. I need to look at that script. Actually, that's not true. And there is a lot of um, stuff that the enemy would like to have us buy into to water down the truth of the gospel because the truth is so powerful. It is going to change the lives of so many. It's going to change the world. The truth of the gospel is what makes people free. Amen? So I, I, um, I was enjoying uh, my day my week and then and yesterday uh, morning I was going out with Emily and uh, we went out to the shops and we had some lunch and it was lovely and as we were driving there it was a very dark uh, rainy uh, day and we drove past a place where she and my son Joseph had been in a traffic accident a couple of years ago and it was quite a bad accident Tom and I were away we were in uh, Canberra with the ambassador because Tom's a, a consul, we had a function down there and we'd, we'd left the children with a babysitter. And they'd had a, t- a very bad accident where their airbags had gone off. And the police actually said that, you know, this was very serious. It's amazing that they weren't hurt. And all that happened was Emily got a little graze on her nose from the airbag. Actually, there was no injuries at all and the police were amazed. The car was totally written off. But I was asking Emily about this just the other day, thinking of, oh, you know, we have to drive. She's my pea plater now. I said, we'll just drive very carefully through this intersection, hey? And um, and because uh, she'd been younger and uh, the babysitter was driving. But I said, tell me about that accident. And she said, you know, Mom, it was amazing. As just before the impact, because it was a very slippery road, it was very wet, very rainy, it was very dark, uh, with very dark and overcast. And uh, she said, just before impact, as we were sliding out of control, she said a great big light came through the front window, like a big, warm, bright light, and we all saw it. <sighs> and I thought about that, I thought, oh, God. And I remembered 
years ago, how I'd prayed and I'd said, Lord, as I was stepping out into ministry, I said, Lord, please protect my children, look after my children. And the Lord just reminded me again. He says, I'm still doing what I promised to do. And I look and I see my three kids in church today and I think, God, you're faithful. You are so faithful. And I want to tell you, God is looking for us to live a life in the awe and the wonder of this one who watches over us, who looks at us and says, you are the center of my eye. You are the apple of my eye. You are the center of my attention. That's an astonishing thought, that you are the center of God's attention. You think, well, hang on, that sounds a bit, you know, over the top. No, actually, you don't get it because you have to pray for Holy Spirit help to be able to handle the reality of the fact of how much attention God is giving you. You can't emotionally cope with the reality of the intensity of how obsessed he is with you. He is so in love with you that he says you couldn't even begin to number the thoughts I have about you all the time. It's like, that's amazing. You might have a really good friend. You might, your family members, you might, be, you might say it's always on my mind. Uh-uh, not like this. He is always thinking about you. He loves you intensely and he'll never stop because he's so good, amen? And he wants us to remember the fa- his faithfulness and his goodness and to walk with a reverential awe of the fact that God is with us, that he loves us, that he's so patient, that he comes after us. But praise the Lord, like C.S. Lewis described him, he's not a tame lion. God isn't something that we make up. He is so real and he is so powerful and he is so knowable and he wants us to know him in ever increasing ways. He tells us to pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that we'd really know him, experience him, not as a one-off thing and think I've got that and I'll move on, but that is our ministry, to know him, to minister to him and to be ministered to by him, to love him and to be loved by him. That is our calling, our purpose, that is our life's mission. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To love him with all of our hearts and all of our souls and all of our strength. That is what you were created for, so that you can love him and out of the overflow you get to love others. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. He draws us out of ourselves and into himself so that we discover the true meaning of life, which is to be in union and fellowship with the one who created us in his image. Hallelujah. That's God. But God then says, I want you to know me. And we know him by reading the word of God. We know him by worshiping him. We know him by talking to him. That is spending time with him, making time in our daily lives. Uh, You know, I like to walk and talk with the Lord all day long, but I also need set aside time to truly fellowship with him. I need time to read the word of God. I need to prioritize it, otherwise it gets stolen. There's always something vying for my attention. 24 hours a day, there are people emailing me, trying to get a hold of me, trying to, there's something new in the news to look at. There's always 
something to grab my attention. But God is looking for us to set time aside to know Him, to really fellowship with Him, to be aware of His presence 24-7, yes, but also to set time aside to find Him in the Word of God, to find Him in prayer, to talk to Him about our stuff and let Him heal our hearts, let Him restore our souls. Hallelujah. It is good stuff. Mm-mm, delicious. So I was reading today in the, in the book of Matthew. And I want to share a few things with you. Uh, Matthew 22, if you have your Bibles. I'm going to read the whole lot from, from verse 1. Jesus also told them other parables. He said, The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them, The feast has been prepared. The bulls and the fattened calves have been killed and everything's ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way, one to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. The king was furious and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honour. Now go out into the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothing, the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called but few are chosen. You know, the world would like to tell us and define to us what Jesus is like, what Christianity is like, what Christians should be like. But I want to tell you, God is the only one that defines who we are. Hallelujah. And he tells us clearly that as he is, so are we in this world. And he is looking for us to be like him. And he's looking for us to understand that he is not what the world tells us he is. He is God and he is good. You know, in the, in the parable that the king keeps trying, he keeps going after people, tell them how good it is, tell them to come, and then they're not coming, so tell them to come, God, did you tell them what I've done, did you tell them that I've killed a fatted calf, did you tell them that it's all ready and all they have to do is come, and they didn't want to come, and so they went out and they, they found anybody that would come, they invited everybody, good, bad, ugly, they invited them all. And the ones that heard and responded came in to the, to the wedding. But when the master came out, when the king came out, he saw someone there in amongst all the people who had responded who wasn't wearing wedding clothes. And he said, how, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? Ready to believe the best. And the guy was, mm-hmm. didn't have anything to say. And he was thrown out. You know, in our culture, we are taught it's politically correct to accept everything and everyone. 
that we have to be accepting. I, you know, I was a high school teacher and, and basically the, the moral code of the state school, high school where I was, seemed to be just accept everything and everybody. You have no right to be against anything, that it was almost immoral to be against anything. Hear me. The Lord is not against people. He loves people. But he is not accepting everyone and anyone that comes into the kingdom by their own strength or by their own means. There is only one way to inherit the kingdom of God. As you read the Bible, it's not politically correct. It's just not. I know, you know, I could get myself into trouble here, but actually, I got a really big God. And the truth is, He is so for people. He loves them. He cares about them. But He says, I've done everything that needs to be done for you to come into the kingdom. All you have to do is exchange your clothes to put on the robe, wedding clothes, to put on the robes of righteousness that I offer you. There is no way to the Father but by the sacrifice of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb coming and us responding to Him in repentance and saying, God, I don't want to wear these clothes anymore. I need salvation. I need forgiveness. I need your mercy. And I want to exchange my old life and my sin for your righteousness. Can I hear an amen? The kingdom, you know, but, but in the world... We like to think, oh, you know, everybody's going to make it. It's all going to be all right. God wishes that that would true. He says, my desire is that none should perish. So he did everything that he could do so that no one would have to perish. But there are still some that refuse. We are given the precious privilege of being ministers of reconciliation, that while there is breath in their bodies, we have the privilege of being able to go after people and tell them the truth, that God loves you. He's not against you. He's for you. You've been created in His image. Jesus has paid for your sins. He has been judged in your place. If you will simply surrender and give up your old life to find His, you can come into the kingdom and you will never come under condemnation again. It's good news, but I cannot water it down to become politically correct because otherwise it's a made-up fairy tale. The Bible is, is got to be the thing that we follow. We've got to keep our eyes on what the Lord says to us. And you might say, well, that's just in the book of Matthew. Well, I'd encourage you to have a look at all the rest of the Gospels and Galatians and Titus and Timothy and Revelation and all of the good books. You cut out one bit, you're going to have to cut out a whole heap. Because the truth of the gospel is that without repentance and faith in the Saviour, there is no means of salvation. I need a bigger amen than that. Hallelujah. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. This, this guy was blending in. 
He was, he was with all the other Christians. He was blending in. He was having fun at the wedding feast with everybody else. You know, that could be people who just come to church, who do the religious thing and uh, pay their tithes and, and, uh, and attend church, but refuse to live, let go of their old lives. The Bible tells us that um, in, uh, in Matthew 10, 39, he who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Hallelujah. Without laying down our old clothes, our old life, our old identity, and embracing the newness of life, the, the righteousness of Christ, we are not changed. We don't become changed by culturally assimilating. We become changed by the Holy Spirit of God responding to our heart's cry in repentance that says, I believe, Jesus, that you have paid the price for my sin. Come into my life, make me new on the inside. I want to be the righteousness of God in Christ. I don't want to be that person anymore. I want to be new in you. I, by faith, I receive righteousness. Hallelujah. That is the only way to get into the party. Hallelujah. But God is not out there despising those that have not done it. In fact, His heart breaking for people. And the heart of God is that none should perish. He cries out. He gets all of creation to testify to His glory. The blinking stars up there in the night sky testify to the glory of God, to the Creator. It causes those who've never even heard His name to begin to say, Lord, I know You must be real. I know there must be a Creator. The Holy Spirit comes. He gives people dreams. Hallelujah. So many Muslims have been getting saved by, by the man in white showing up and introducing himself as Jesus. Hallelujah. There, God will not stop. While there is hope, he will not stop coming after people. But inevitably, we have a choice to either receive the clean garments, become new creations, or just to fit in with the flow and play the game and have a bit of both but recognize in eternity, there is only white or black. There is only in or out. And you know, it's not based on our own works. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, if you, if you aren't living a perfect life, the Bible doesn't say shame on you. He says it's simply that you've forgotten what you look like. When you've become a new creation in Christ, God is not condemning you for every mistake and sin you make and saying, oh, I don't know why I bothered over you. He's there going, no, no, that's not who you are. Let me show you who you are. Come and look in the mirror of my face. Everything you see about me, that is now your identity. That is who you are. We look in the mirror of His presence. The, the Bible tells us in Second uh, Peter chapter 1 that, that if we're not displaying the fruits of the Spirit, it's because we've forgotten that we've been cleansed from our past sins. Hallelujah. That we're living out of an identity that's no longer the truth. Who has been set free by the blood of the Lamb? You have a new identity. You look different. 
And even if you even if you sin, the Lord says that He is faithful and just. As you confess your sin, He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. He doesn't condemn you. He comes and He says, "This is who you are. That's not who you are. You're not defined by your sin. You're defined by your faith in the Redeemer." This is who you are. And out of knowing that, we begin to live out of our identity. Hallelujah. Shaka basa. You got to love me. I'm trying to help you before we walk into this new year of glory. Matthew 21. Shola bohro masaka. Hallelujah. Verse 18, in the morning as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry and he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. That's very sad because figs are very tasty. The disciples were amazed when they saw this and asked, how did the fig tree wither so quickly? Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything and if you have faith, you'll receive it. Jesus was talking about the fig tree in relation to faith. That's why it's a good thing to read the Bible in context, hallelujah. And he was talking about faith. I, I used to trouble me. Like, why would he do that? Poor fig tree, you know, it's not even created to give figs all the time. But the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us something. Jesus was trying to teach the disciples something. He was not looking for lives that produce fruit occasionally or in religious cycles or in the right appropriate times. But he's looking for those who would become supernatural, who would become transformed and would produce fruit in and out of season. That they're not, he's not looking for us to, to produce fruit when we're in church. He's looking for us to be fruitful all the time. And he gives us power to do it. The only way that can happen, though, is when you get a new identity, that you are not a natural tree, but suddenly you are the planting of the Lord. You are supernaturally created and you have the capacity, no matter how you feel, no matter what's going on, to be Christ. Hallelujah. He wants to wake you up with the revelation of truth, that when you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror of His face, the mirror of his word and you read that I am the righteousness of God in Christ that as he is so am I in this world that he is love and therefore love is patient and kind and long-suffering and 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 keeps no record of wrong and rejoices with the truth all of that is now my identity I am kind I am patient I rejoice with the truth not because of my own willpower but because of the supernatural transformation of God this this is what my life looks like. And it requires us to be diligent, to guard our hearts from, from just being assimilated into earthly natural thinking, but to have our minds renewed so that we become supernatural. God's not looking for us to be humans who do a good job. 
God's looking for those who would believe that they have been crucified with Christ, raised up with Christ, become new creations in Him, and who start to produce supernatural fruit continuously, not out of their own righteousness, but out of His. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God has empowered us. When you've been grafted in, you no longer have that old nature flowing through your veins. You've become brand new. And the Lord wants to renew your thinking so that when you feel like, well, I just feel like I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a hypocrite or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a long way from being a good Christian. It's like... That's, that's not the thinking that he wants you to have anymore because that sort of thinking will only lead to condemnation. He's looking for you to renew your mind and remember, now thank you, Lord, that I've invited you into my life and I have surrendered my old ways to you and you've come in. And even if I desire things that aren't good, I declare that's actually not me anymore. Your desires in me are for things that are pure and true and lovely. I'm going to remind myself of the truth that the Spirit of God is here to help me in every temptation to make a way of escape, that I'm no longer on my own. I'm no longer defined by what I think or what I feel. I'm no longer defined by who I was or what old patterns I used to conform to. I have a brand new pattern. I don't just produce fruit here and there. I produce fruit all the time. Hallelujah. By the blood and the power of the Lamb. Now you might think I'm being a bit tough here, but I happen to know that most of you in this room have a burning desire to see the glory of God come on earth. Hallelujah. And it won't come by us culturally conforming. It's not going to come by us also being um, negative. I spoke about the other day, speaking the truth in love or loving to speak the truth. I've seen plenty of Christians that they get on their high horse and just love to speak the truth. They don't necessarily speak the truth in love. I'm not looking for you to get on and have a Facebook rant about how terrible people are and how terrible this is and how terrible that is. God says to think about things that are pure and lovely and of a good report. It doesn't rejoice with evil. It rejoices with the truth. Hallelujah. But it doesn't mean that as we walk in love, it doesn't mean that we say uh, we wink at sin. It doesn't mean that we don't tell people the truth. The the Scripture is pretty clear about what you do and what you don't do. He's not giving us a book of rules. He's saying, this is who you are now. Look at me. Look at my life. You cannot continue in fornication. You cannot continue in lying and stealing. That's not who you are anymore. If you do sin, he says his blood has already covered you. It's here, but you must let go and repent and receive the mercy of Christ. Hallelujah. You can't uh, just come in. You've got to let the blood of the Lamb wash you. Hallelujah. You've got to lose your life to find His. Jesus was so good, but He he wasn't what we would consider politically correct in any way, shape or form. He didn't say, don't worry about it. I realise, you know, that's pretty tough. Don't worry about it. Just come anyway. He didn't say that. But a lot of us do. 
A lot of us sort of think, well, you know, and I'm, I believe we need to bear with one another. We're not called to judge one another. Jesus, hallelujah, bore our judgment for us. But we need to be willing to recognize that we've been called to be like him and he is a holy God. Hallelujah. Our wonderful God. You see, and the joy of knowing him is that we get to live in the peace and the righteousness and the joy of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not just peace. The, the true supernatural peace is, is glorious. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It is our inheritance. It's who I am. Hallelujah. If you get up in the morning and you're a bit cranky and the enemy comes along and says, you're cranky. Anybody ever sort of come into agreement with that lie? You're cranky today. You're in a bad mood. Well, yeah, that might be true. I just told off the kids or I just did this or I just did that. But the Lord's there going, uh-uh, don't buy it. You're not mad. You're not cranky. You're not angry. You are full of peace and joy and righteousness. Look in the mirror, remember who you are and tell the devil, I'm not going there. That's not who I am anymore, hallelujah. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am full of peace, I am full of joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When I'm weak, He is strong, hallelujah. I believe that God is inviting us into the most glorious season that we've ever even dreamt, hoped, or imagined. And it is worth giving our all for. Hallelujah. It is worth laying our lives down for. God doesn't ask us for anything that he doesn't give us the power to do. Hallelujah. You know, he's not looking for us to earn the right to be used by him. He has given us his identity. And he says, you don't even have to find the strength in yourself. You don't have to find the words. You don't have to find anything. Everything you need, I will give to you if you will simply trust me. If you will have faith in me, then I will make you a supernatural tree, one that will continually produce fruit. By faith, I lean into you. I say, thank you, God, that today, even when those people drive so crazy in the rain and they, they cut you off and you get cranky, you can say, actually, sorry, God, that wasn't me. Anybody get cranky occasionally? That's not right, Lord, I'm sorry, but I thank you, Lord, that's not my identity. I'm not somebody that get, loses my temper. I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. I am full of peace. I, I speak blessing over people. Hallelujah. Our wonderful Jesus. God has created you to, to renew your mind, even the self-talk that goes on in your mind from the moment you wake up. When you wake up, instead of thinking, how do I feel? You need to be asking the question, who am I? It's no longer me who Christ who lives in me. But So what does that look like? I look like love. I look like peace. I look like patience. I look like kindness. I look like long-suffering. I look like somebody who believes the best, who rejoices in truth. Hallelujah. 
I look like someone who is a friend of sinners. I look like someone who, who has faith and hope and love. I am surrounded by his favor as with a shield. And the next person that I meet is going to be impacted by the presence of the Holy Spirit because he's not only in me, he's upon me. We must be a people of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But we are called to live by faith. The just shall live by faith so that we can be supernatural in producing fruit 24-7. We exercise faith in the truth of who He is and the truth of what He says about us so that we can continually produce the fruits of righteousness, peace and joy. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.